Weeds rob you of yield potential, so rob them the chance to grow. You can count on powerful corn herbicide solutions from Corteva AgriScience like Resicor Herbicide so you can forget about weeds and power on. Learn more at poweroverweeds.com power. 87% of Americans say it feels like a never-ending stream of one crisis after another for two years. 84% say the Russian invasion is terrifying. Nine out of ten Americans are scared about inflation. And more than half wonder what happened to COVID. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Paranoia strikes deep. Into your life it will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. Step out of line, the man come and take you away. I'm finding it hard to believe that song came out over 55 years ago. For what it's worth, Buffalo Springfield. I've played it many a time back in my younger years as radio announcer. And somehow, the verses seem to fit today just like they did during the tumultuous times of the of the latter part of the 1960s as a protest song. But in many ways, some of the lyrics are true today with what's happening. Remember, it is the former counterculture that runs today's culture. And, and so they know the game quite well. Welcome to Truth to Ponder, the Monday edition. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Today... It's one of the first times that I've been able to come before this microphone a little bit more, a little bit more relaxed. And and I'm going to just share a couple of personal things here at the beginning of the program. And then I've got a lot I want to share that I think you need to hear that may open your eyes and open your mind a little bit to see, see what, what's really going on in the news today. Now for I don't know, what, four months now or longer. Normally on a Monday, I'd be getting up early and throwing stuff into my car and heading off to Okeechobee for several days, anywhere from uh, three to four days. And sometimes trying to record the program on the road, it, it was not a really easy time. But for the next week or two, I'm taking time away from that project because we've kind of hit a stopping point while waiting on some important supplies. And and so when I got home this past Thursday afternoon, I made it a point to to get some rest, and I'm going to focus on several things that need to be done in terms of this radio program and, and what God is just laying on my heart in terms of preparing his people, just my little corner of what God has in store for his people. I'm not I'm not the big leader. I'm just one little cog in the wheel, so to speak. And also, I needed to take some time to get some rest. So over the weekend, I didn't read as much. I didn't dig into the headlines as deep as I normally do. I let it just shut down for a while. And to understand that concept, be still and know that I am God and allow him to, well, refresh me, recharge me, 
and refocus my efforts. Matter of fact, spent a time uh, over the weekend, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, talking with a fellow person in ministry, some of the frustrations that he is dealing with and what God is laying on his heart. And it was nice for a little while to put the world aside and deal with things that I think are even more important. When I did watch the news over the weekend, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, and saw some of the stories that popped out hither and yonder, I, I noticed several things, and, and I wanted to share this with you. One of the things we try to do in this program is to get to the story behind the story. Now, when I share information with you, it's not to make excuses for one side or the other, to give it, you know, to help one side. I'm not trying to do that at all. I just want to know the story behind the story. Because oftentimes, especially in the fog of war, facts and information can be readily tainted by both sides. And before you think, well, we would never do that here in the United States, and NATO would never do that, I I would beg to differ based on stories that come out years later when you find out they did lie. If, if you don't believe that the government can lie, look no further than the FDA and the CDC and what has transpired for two years. For two years. You realize this is, I think, the week. This is the second anniversary of 15 days to flatten the curve coming up. Yeah, two years. Two years, just 15 days to flatten the curve. And if you're in a non-essential business and we shut you down for 15 days, we're going to send you a check to, to make up for your sacrifice. Yeah, 15 days. Yeah, the hardest part of the 15 days to flatten the curve is the first 18 months, as somebody rightly said. And now COVID is just, you know, dust in the wind. It, it vanished, literally. Oh, there are some diehards hanging on for dear life. What do you mean you're taking away my ability to shut things down and control people's lives? How dare you? Funny, just a few weeks ago, just a few weeks ago, maybe not quite a month ago, all eyes were on Justin Trudeau and Canada, and I still say that Justin Trudeau never had the real virus. I think the virus he had was fear of being exposed for the tyrant that he is. And the only way he could survive was to avoid meeting with the truckers and using the power of the police to harass anybody that was protesting the unconstitutional mandates of of Justin Trudeau and, and much of the Canadian government. They didn't want to listen to what the people said. See, a real leader, which Justin Trudeau is not, by the way, he's not a leader, he's a little man child protege of the World Economic Forum doing his bidding to enlighten you uh, to 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 follow their their new ideals of leadership and how you should live. 
because he knows now that he is one of the established elite. He'll be one of those at the big, you know, at the adult table down the road. And he knows that. And he, 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 he lives for that. See, a real leader would say, look, I will talk to you. What is your beef? How can we work this out? Justin lied. Oh, I got the coronavirus and he had to hide. And during that time in hiding, they strategized how to crush the rebellion and make Canadians perpetually scared and afraid and paranoid of ever speaking their minds again. Hard to believe a month ago, how many of us talked about the tech tyrants and how we need to avoid their scrutinizing and their filtering of information because they have become propaganda artists, not not search engines. They decide what you're supposed to see. They decide what you're supposed to think, believe, and say. They set the narrative up. And the vast majority of people in North America and in Europe and in the United Kingdom and in Australia, they, if it's on the Internet, on the internet it must be true, at least if, they, if it's from a source like Google that they believe in. Well, I did a Google search, and this is what I found. I went to Wikipedia, and this is what I found. I went to, doesn't matter. You know what I mean. And how many of us over the past year or two realized that using Google or Yahoo as a search engine was a fool's errand? I mean, it, it was. Because you knew that they decided what to rank high, and that's where people go. Most people do not bother going to page 37 to look for something buried on Google. They're there in the first page or two maximum, and they read what Google wants you to read and wants you to believe and wants you to regurgitate. We know Facebook fact-checkers are nothing more than people whose opinions are valued by, well, Mark Zuckerberg, even if they're not true. They're the favored opinions. That, that came out in a court hearing. They're not really facts. They're just opinions. A lot of things we're learning about these tech tyrants, but you, you don't see it much on Facebook. You don't see it much in the media. A month ago, we were talking about vaccines and mandates in Canada and how maybe the restrictions might be eased in in part of the United States and parts of the world. And and there was still this division, some that wanted to stay draconian in their lockdown, you know, the zero COVID approach, which will never work. Yeah, New Zealand just, just had a reality check. After all their containment efforts and everything else, they have cases rising. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Friends, it has been an endemic for a while and heading there rapidly, meaning it's going to be a seasonal issue. But will it be as deadly as it was in the early initial stages? Good question. For that, I'm just going to give you a little bit of information that I I gleaned over my two years of research and my time in emergency management, things that I stumbled across in putting together press releases. How many of you were aware? I mean, I know some of you might now. 
How many of you were aware that there was a SARS-CoV outbreak in 2003 and 2004? There was actually a story in Time magazine, SARS, the, uh, could it be deadly? SARS-CoV, could it be a deadly virus from, you know, the animal kingdom? And what little we know, or what little really hit the news, and for a long time I could find this material at the CDC website back in 2020, it was still there. What they had learned, how to treat it, it was the early first version of SARS-CoV, which I call SARS-CoV-1, was actually deadlier than the one that came around in uh, late 2019 and 2020. The difference was one was more contagious. That's the SARS-CoV-2. If you did get SARS-CoV-1, it was a really rough ride back in 2003 and 2004. It is estimated that 30,000 at minimum in the United States died of that virus that had barely escaped and people were concerned. Then we had H1N1 and everything else that came along thereafter, but just so you understand. And then this virus reemerged in 2019, about, oh, 13, 14, 16 years later. Where had it been during that time? Well, it had been played with, trust me, over the years as we are learning. They still keep trying to hide that fact. So a lot of people said, what happened to covid well, it, it's been put on the back shelf. Alex Berenson, who has done an outstanding job, I may not always agree with some of his assessments on some things, but he's done an outstanding job of, of chronicling all the events and even came out with a book last year called Pandemania, which I have and I've, I've been reading. And, and he points out how this virus was so intensely used for control in unprecedented ways never seen before in mankind on a global scale. And what does it all mean? Well, on this program, and I'll hopefully bring back maybe later this week or sometime next week, depending on our schedules, I've got a few friends that I want to sit and discuss. What was the entire purpose of this exercise, you know, this exercise in in the pandemic? What did we learn? What did we gain? What was the purpose? Did it Was it really about saving lives? Have close to a million people really died because only COVID got them? They don't want you talking about that right now. So the narrative's changed. The narrative has changed. Right now, most of you listening to this program, not all, but a good number of you are aware of we have a situation in the Ukraine. The problem is in the United States. The problem is in Canada. The problem is in most of the Western world. We don't know a whole lot about Ukraine. I mean, we've heard the name. I would say that if I was to oh, go down to the local shopping center here in where we live at in Florida and have a map with no names on the country of Europe and say, point out Ukraine, the majority couldn't do it. And if you'd done that about a month ago, I can guarantee you 99% of people graduating high school 
where they would they would think it's a state, <laughs> maybe a province in Canada for all they know. Americans have been increasingly over the past 55 years since that song uh, for what it's worth came out, have become even vastly more ignorant of international politics and affairs and history. And thus they just are thrown hither and throw. You know, even in the Christian faith, St. Paul makes it clear that if you're, if you're not grounded in the word and the knowledge of God, you'll be tossed to and fro with every wind of changing doctrine. Same is true in the news today. And, and so I look at these stories, and, and, and I want to get behind the story. This is not defending anybody. This is not excusing anybody, you know, like Vladimir Putin. Trust me, I am not. I am just trying to understand the depth of all of this. This is something that just didn't happen overnight. This is something that just didn't break out, um, oh, a month ago when the COVID uh, epidemic began to wane. This has been festering for quite a long time. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean, how it has been festering for, for quite a long time. Now, this is a story that I ran across, and and I found it rather fascinating. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to share a few highlights, and this may help you a little bit. The article is entitled, Ukraine's Sharp Divisions. Ukraine's Sharp Divisions. And it explains how the regions in Ukraine, you know, we, we have this mindset I don't care if you're watching CNN or Fox News or or MSNBC or Newsmax. doesn't matter. There's a mindset that people look at the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian people. And it's not necessarily so. This article was explaining that there are deep divisions in the Ukrainian society between the European-facing West and the Russian-facing eastern part of the nation. And I'm looking at some maps that kind of explain it. And and also what happened uh, years ago in Crimea, which was a part of Ukraine. Now, this article is not new. This article came out in the BBC back in 2014, about eight years ago. Matter of fact eight years ago next month. And this article is talking about after imposing economic sanctions on Russia over its annexation of the Ukrainian region of Crimea back in March of, of 2014, the United States and the European Union are, you know, loggerheads again with Moscow despite diplomatic efforts in Geneva. The crisis has exposed the deep divisions within Ukrainian society. In other words, it's not a unified country at all. And when you look at the map and how they vote and where their allegiance, the languages they speak, uh, the differences in industries, yeah, it is really uh, very distinctly a different, they're different nations. That's, That's not anything new. It's been that way for a long time. If you go to the eastern part of Ukraine and you even go back to 2012, 2014, 2010, anywhere you want to go, 
there's an extremely pro-Russian sentiment in the eastern part of the country that nobody wants to talk about. But the problem is that eastern part is also the heartland of uh, Ukraine's industrial region. And it's vital to the economy. But the population is so divided with its loyalties. Now, Crimea, which was a smaller part in the southern, southeastern portion of the nation, uh, it, it was bloody, and there have been protesters. That's back in 2014. And the, and unlike in Crimea, the Ukrainian government had responded very quickly in the east before. So what what we're seeing is th- this has been a very divided nation and and the interconnections between that nation and prior to the Soviet Union Russia we're talking hundreds of years they go back hundreds of years not just world war 2 we're talking a long time and and Russia annexed Crimea but you didn't see the outrage on on CNN, there was no outrage on on Fox News. There was no outrage from the Obama White House. There was no outrage at all from the people making the most noise today when a chunk of Ukraine went to Russia. And, and you have to understand that a lot of things have transpired over the past 40-plus years, 30-plus years. 2010, a lease was made with Russia to supply discounted natural gas to Ukraine. Yeah, here's something a lot of people don't understand. And I'm looking at a story. This is from 2014. So it's not colored at all by today's events. This is just talking about the frictions that elevated uh, back in 2014 and 2013. You had a pro-Moscow president at the time who abandoned a European Union deal in favor of stronger ties with Russia. Now, here's what a lot of people do not like to talk about. and But the stories are there if you look for them. But they're not popular to look at today. And once again, this is not an excuse piece for anybody. The Russians invading Ukraine, I think, is a despicable and inhumane act that needs to be addressed, period. I'm not excusing anybody. I'm just trying to understand how we get to this point where people that should know better are pointing weapons at each other. How do you get to that point in what's called a mad, you know, a mutually assured destruction society? How do you get there? Well, like I say, there are frictions. You had a a duly elected president in Ukraine back in 2013. I mean, he was elected, just like Zelenko was elected. But there was a coup in that country. And a lot of the a lot of the evidence is finger pointing back to the United States and others being involved with this, shall we say, upheaval, which forced the president of Ukraine, in February, in February of 2014, to leave the country's capital 
Kiev, or as they call it today, Kiev. Have you noticed that? For 10 years, they've been saying Kiev. Now, suddenly, it's Kiev. Whatever. And, and during that time of, you know, instability, the Kremlin-backed forces seized control of Crimea, and in subsequent referendum, the region... 97% of those those in Crimea were happy to be with Russia because they're they're Russians by by descent anyway by where they come from. So I'm looking at this map and you realize you know about half the country is primarily definitely of Russian origin they speak Russian. That's their primary language. Their family ties are back in Russia. And and you look at the ethnicity in like Crimea, for example, only about 20-some-odd percent of the people in Crimea identify as Ukrainian, only about 25% or less. And only about, you know, you look at the language, same way. I mean, only about 25% spoke Ukrainian. So you look at all the ties, and you realize that a lot of this has to do with oil, natural gas you wonder why europe is playing you know they're talking a good game but not really acting too much because a lot of the pipelines in parts of europe go through ukraine and they don't want to cut off the gas supply i mean gas travels into ukraine from russia and belarus and finds its way to europe period And that's the big elephant in the room. We have politicians talking a really good game right now. Yeah, Putin is evil. Well, Democrats have been doing that since 2015. I'm not saying that he is or isn't. He probably is in a lot of the things that I'm sure that he has done. Considering his background, none of it would surprise me. None of it. None of it at all would surprise me. They made him the whipping boy, trying to tie him to Trump with some with the fraudulent collusion delusion that millions of dollars later and hearings proved to be phony, fake, and a fraud. And the fact that Congressman Adam Schiff and others are not in prison for lying to the American public on television and in and in the House of Representative chambers and in hearings. The fact that 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 reprobate, filthy little liar, he doesn't care about you. He only cares about his power. Adam Schiff, the reprobate representative, a Clintonite, I might add, from from California, spent two years knowingly and willingly lying to the American people, claiming evidence that never existed, all of it now proven to be fraudulent. So... You know, if you think Vladimir Putin is going to be listening to Joe Biden, you got another thing coming. Why would he? He spent all these years being the whipping boy as they tried to take down Trump, which was fine with him because Trump was the last guy he wanted president anyway. But when people are using you and claiming you did things you didn't do, yeah, why are you going to pay attention? You're going to look at these people as just stupid not, I'm wasting my time. And now you got Biden in the White House. And 
you have no leadership. You see Russia deciding, you know, I don't want NATO, I don't want Ukraine being a part of NATO. I want a neutral, you know, Ukraine. And the United States government, especially this one and the one under Obama, was pushing hard and heavy to get Ukraine into NATO. And it's been a sore topic. Now, how it exploded to this, I, I, I'm trying to really resolve. But it has. How is it going to resolve? I can't tell you. I don't know. I wish I could tell you how this is all going to play out. This is a dangerous game of chicken that is going on between the United States, NATO, European Union, and I think soon to be a player in this mess, China. What I'm trying to tell you is don't live by the sound bites and tiny little headlines everybody wants you to believe. Don't do it. It's amazing how people that I know, I'm going to say this, I know we have a break coming up in a few minutes, but I've got to say this. I have people that I know that for the past two years talk about the lying media and how they cannot be trusted and how what comes out of you know, since last year, this administration cannot be trusted. It's all lies, all lies. And, and to that, I would agree that uh, Jen Psaki is probably the most proficient liar that ever stood behind a podium at the White House in all of United States history. Bar none. Bar none. She is a bona fide professional paid liar with no moral compass no conscience, almost like soulless, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, the spin and, and the stuff that is said is just abject lies. And the same people that would agree with me and write me and tell me, Bob, you're so right on this. We cannot be, you can't trust, you can't, you know, you can't trust the news media. You can't trust CNN. You can't trust uh, NBC. You can't trust the White House. You can't trust our State Department. You can't trust the CDC, the FDA. Yeah, brother, I'm with you. Suddenly, these same people are trusting the media on anything coming out of Ukraine. Now, I know there's a lot of bad things coming out of there, but but they have sim- they have simplified the narrative so much that it's it's hooray for our side. It's the Ukrainians and us. And nobody knows how divided of a nation it is. The power of propaganda, the power of the media, the power of dropping the ability of of facing the world with open eyes on our knees in prayer you know, stirred him with a little bit of common sense. Like I say, what Putin is doing in, in Ukraine is despicable. And, and, and he needs to be held accountable. But I want to understand fully how we got here. Because I, I don't think that the United States and, and I don't think the EU and I don't think NATO has been an honest broker of truth either. I really don't. I mean, what, what has NATO done since its founding in the 1940s? 
when the Soviet Union got their first atomic weapon. Not a whole lot, except spend lots of American taxpayer money, oh, I don't know, for 67, 70 years at least. I understand now why Eisenhower said, beware the military-industrial complex. Now, i got some other stuff regarding Ukraine. I may save this for tomorrow, some of that. I, I have some other things that are just even more important that I want to share with you. But I just want you not, I want you just don't believe everything is gospel coming out of Fox or Newsmax or CNN, especially when they're all of a sudden agreeing. That makes me a little nervous. It really does. When when what what the White House says and Fox says starts sounding alike, this White House, a reprobate White House, a dishonest White House, hey, they're, they're happy to have this conflict because it hides all the other disasters um, that are coming down the pike. And that's what we need to talk about. While your eyes, or shall I say, those that they want to be focused on Ukraine are focused there, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, I really want to share that. It's important. If you believe, by the way, shortwave is a big deal for me. And and I know a very large number of you listen on international shortwave. We're working on some equipment, testing it. It's in low power. Um, if you're on the West Coast or know somebody out on the West Coast, and, you know, it's it's like, oh, I don't know, evening time out there, like after 7 or 8 in the evening. Have them see if they can pick up 9455. It'll be a much better signal soon, but we're working on it. Taking a little break for a couple of weeks because we're waiting for a few things. But we decided, hey, let's do some low-power testing. So 9455 kilohertz. It is really aimed toward the west, so it's not a great signal in the northeast or the north midwest. But uh, look in that direction. Other things coming down the pike, some things that I'm working on, I'll be excited to share hopefully soon if I get the time now to get things done. I'm going to enjoy this time of rest. I've needed it. But I'm going to enjoy even more being more relaxed when I come to this microphone so I can share with 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 an easy mind what's going on in this world. And the things I want to share in the next segment, I'm going to get away from Crimea. I'm going to get away from Ukraine. I'm going to even get away from the virus for all practical purposes, except for one tiny story at the beginning to show you this, this, this silliness with mRNA vaccines, which are not vaccines. Do you believe in our work here? Would you consider helping pay for the airtime on shortwave? If you can. And, and any gift, large or small, is you, it all comes together, and believe me, it helps. It really makes the difference. Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. And you can mail that to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248 in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 in Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 
32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The two hospital doors coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In Proverbs 16.11, it speaks about the weights of the bag and double standards. Well, in many hospitals, there are two doors. In many hospitals, they have one door, one hallway, one wing, where everything in it is devoted to the caring of, of unborn babies. The doctors are devoted to making sure the unborn baby is healthy, prenatal care. They take sonograms, do tests, give counsel, medicine, all sorts of money is spent to make sure that that unborn baby is born healthy. In another part of the same hospital is another door, another hallway, another wing. This one's devoted not to the caring of the unborn baby. Here there are no doctors devoted to ensuring the unborn baby is healthy, no medicine to help the child. Here the doctors are devoted not to saving the unborn baby, but to killing it. Beyond this, the baby is not safe beyond this door. The doctors, the rooms, the machines are all devoted to the killing of the baby, abortion. It could be the same baby if the mother changed her mind. It all depends on which door the mother enters. Through one door, the baby is protected. Through the other door, the same baby becomes the object of a killing. How can that be? How can that same baby's life be priceless in one door and worthless in the other? It can't be. Except when there are two sets of weights and values. And you have a double standard. And a society that uses a double standard with regard to human life has become corrupt. Uphold God's standards, my friend. Be a person for righteousness and life. No matter what changes in the society, you hold to what is true. Want more? Ask for the weights of the bag. Now, imagine being plugged into a special line letting you know future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, and what you need to know as an end-time believer, and teachings and strength for every day of your week, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors all free. How do you get this all free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now. You want to receive your free gifts, call 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in reaching the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar to Jerusalem. How? Well, through shortwave radio, you can blanket the earth with salvation. It's the farthest way you'll ever get the gospel to the unsaved. It's amazing. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. And you can write me direct at the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Anachem, peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Sar Hechaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. As I mentioned on the beginning of today's program, this is kind of a a different week for me. And it may take a little getting used to, yeah, the time change doesn't help, but, but at least this is a week where I'm not having to be gone from home for two, three, and four days at a clip, trying to work on equipment, staying in a different location, trying to produce the radio program on the road. This is the first time that I've been able to 
get back to a more normal schedule in over four months. And I'll tell you, it's been hard to keep these radio shows current, timely, and on time. But I want to thank all of you that have prayed for me, that support this effort. You just don't know how much it means to me. This is a labor of love because I believe that truth is becoming an increasingly difficult commodity to find. And, and even, among, even among conservatives or even many Christians, sometimes they don't want to hear the truth. Sometimes I don't want to hear the truth because it can hurt. But I want to always be known for doing the best that I can. I'm not really agenda-driven except for the agenda of Jesus Christ and his church and his people and your, your salvation. Now, I've got several things that I want to share in the short time that we have left in the program today. But one of the things that concerns me, as I look around, you know, right now, because we are focused on Ukraine and the United States, it's leading all the news, and everybody is talking about it. I'm not going to talk about it too much. I I think I shared what I wanted to say in the first segment. I am deeply concerned and troubled. I think that what Vladimir Putin did is evil and wrong. But I don't think that everybody is as innocent in the Ukraine side or United States side as we may want people to believe. I just want to know the stories behind the stories on how we got to where we are. And from time to time, when something comes out, I'm going to share it with you like we did with the virus. I mean, the CDC got caught in lie after lie. Do you ever wonder why Pfizer wanted to hide the uh, all the data for 55 to 75 years? Now, come on. 75 years from now, I'd be 140-something. In other words, they don't want me to ever know what they were doing. They don't want you to know what they were doing. They wanted to be such a distant memory that nobody cares what they were doing. They have a lot to hide. And, and I think part of why everything, the focus changed and the narrative changed, and, and why Democrats that loved the coronavirus to control were so willing in many places to suddenly, I mean, it was not even two months ago, the governor... Kathy Haschel in New York, you know, she's saying, I need you to be my 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 vaccine disciples because Jesus wants you to get injected. I mean, literally that nonsense. Number one, anybody that claims to be a Christian and is pro-abortion, I don't trust to begin with because they are duplicitous. They're serving two masters. They can't do it. They're trying to serve God and mammon. Can't be done. And, and so I don't really care what she has to say. I just take it with a grain of salt that is most likely a lie uh, coming out of her mouth. I don't trust anything that she says, even the time of day. Reprobate minds have a difficult time being honest. And she, as many other politicians, are, are reprobates, period. So why listen to these people? Why, why even put on CNN for Don Lemon or whatever or any of those other, you know, uh, clueless clowns? I, don't waste your time. They're they're proven to be liars. Why waste your time? But see, while we're focusing on Ukraine and trying to run and and they're trying to bury the virus, oh, a little story here and there. What what you don't realize is the damage 
and, and all the things that have already been put into motion. Ever heard of the KTDI? KTDI. It is the Known Traveler Digital Identity Pilot Project that has been brought to you by your friends at the World Economic Forum. Yeah, they're going to sneak that digital ID and digital currency in every chance they get. See, while Canadians were distracted with the Russian-Ukraine war, and the same here in the United States, and puppet politicians' campaign theater, those that are still really pulling the strings, including, I think, the strings in Ukraine and Eastern Europe, all of Europe for that matter, in Canada, they're, they're, they're beginning to move into that new world order of digital slavery at a rapid speed. Hey, little Trudeau had a chance to to play around with the idea of taking your money. We're going to freeze your bank account. And so all of this is going to be coming now on the guise of known traveler digital identity. This will help you, you know, according, according, according to the World Economic Forum. It'll make it easier uh, to now, instead of going through physical borders, you'll be going through a digital border. Air Canada will be involved, you know, and, and, and all these World Economic Forum is going to be involved. And, and you go on and on and on. And, and the World Economic Forum and Canada being a willing uh, guinea pig for this, security and travel is what they say, promoting seamless and secure travel through cross-border data sharing and collaboration. In other words, a global identity, a journey across digital borders. And, and this is all going to come out, you know, as it always is. Hey, it'll make us safe. You know, those terrorist type, we'll be seeing something about that. What about those coming out of Ukraine? Are they really Russians or are they Ukrainians coming over? I mean, are they pro-Russian? See, they're going to they're gonna tie in basically law enforcement, all the common identity systems that are out there. They're going to have an e-visa and eventually an e-passport, electronic passport, all all containing your phone. And they're going to just integrate all this. This is what the, the they're going to get their fourth industrial revolution if it's the last thing they ever do. They are going to own everything. You will own nothing if it's the last thing that Klaus Schwab will ever do. And his descendants, even if he dies tomorrow, it's going to continue going in that same direction. You can't deny it. So while you're worrying about Ukraine, and and by the way, I, I, I realize there are a lot of people that are going to have a long time getting past the coronavirus. I go to stores now here in Florida, and the vast majority of people no longer are wearing their face mask or coverings. But there's still a few out there that do. And, and I look at some of these poor people wearing a cloth cloth even the cdc admitted that one was nothing but face decoration but there's still that paranoia you know as i used at the beginning of the program paranoia you know strikes deep into your life it will creep you're always afraid see 
that's why I said at the beginning of the program, it's one crisis after another after another. Just when you get a moment to breathe that this one is gone, you know, just as Corona was beginning to fade because, the, as I told you in December, the narrative was about to collapse because you can't keep up a lie like this forever. And so you need to get ahead of the lie and get out of the, the way of the Mack truck barreling down the road to bring in the truth. So... Instead of us seeing the truth on Corona, we're going to be entertained by Ukraine. I'm not, I'm not, once again, I'm not excusing anybody. I'm not apologizing for anybody, particularly Vladimir Putin. I just want to understand how do we get here? How do we get to the coronavirus? How many years was that played with we didn't know about? So I've I've got a skeptic's heart in a lot of this because. I've been burned like you have one too many times. And so many of the same people, so many of the same people that condemned the media, condemned certain politicians for their handling of the coronavirus. Now, suddenly, they're all unified. We are Ukrainian now, not even understanding the dynamics of any of it. I'll talk a little bit about it this week. The thing that really is on my mind, I mean really on my mind, and in some conversations with people that I, I know, and I, I like I say, this past weekend was the first weekend that I had a chance to rest. I haven't had that in four months. It's been constantly, you know, putting together a radio show, packing, driving, working, packing, driving, working. And this will be the first week that I don't have to deal with all of that. And I'm hoping to get clarity of mind to dig deep into some of these stories that you've been sending me and, and wanted me to look into that it just time has not been there. We're coming into a different time. And, and I, I've been feeling it even, but I mean, I'm going to share this. Long before the coronavirus was even in the news. We're talking mm, early 2019, maybe late 2018. My wife and I have been talking, and it, and I'm kind of a semi-retired individual, minister and, and radio guy. And she would say, hey, honey, you know, wouldn't it be nice to plant a church here or plant a church there or, you know, start some ministry of some kind? It all sounded good, but I just could not witness that. I just felt, no, there's something that doesn't feel right. I pray about it, and I just don't get the peace to even touch it. It makes sense now. Why? But I started thinking in in different terms. Even before I went back into even before the pandemic, emergency management time, and, and the birth of this radio program, I had thought, for quite a long time that we we need we need these places of refreshment we need these places of recharge i'm i'm realizing just how important it is for me just in these past 4 or 5 months of the toll that it's taken on me physically and mentally and otherwise i mean i i need to do some you know healing and recoup and rest in the world's worst kind of way How about those of us of faith? 
See, one thing that was already beginning to happen long before 2020 was this march by what I call the satanic heart to come after our children, to tear apart families, to sow confusion. I mean, critical race theory in schools, man, they were screaming that even in the middle of the pandemic. Transgenderism, you know, let, let the little kindergarten decide if I'm a boy or a girl. I mean, this this is all satanically inspired, destructive uh, ways to divide people and to destroy the heart and soul and the fabric of the family and even, even the faith. I've talked for years about the apostate church, you know, the fake phony church that long abandoned the gospel. They don't believe it anymore. It's over for them. For the first time, we learned in 2021 in surveys, for the first time, the majority of American citizens don't even identify with any kind of, quote, religious activity period, or spiritual, or Christianity, or faith, or anything. The majority are now purely secularized beings. And of the 47% that say they are involved in some kind of religion, the vast majority of them would not be classified as true believers in Jesus Christ, period. They're fake and phony, celebrating sin. I'm not going to go into that. We'll go into it some other day. So even back before the pandemic, I started thinking about the the word community came into my mind. And and I shared it a few times with my wife. And we thought about it in the areas that we were. Man, it just didn't feel right. But increasingly, when I say community, I'm not talking compound. Don't, Don't get me wrong on that. We're going to need several things in the years ahead. We're going to need all over the country Christians that can identify to each other. We're not going to be allowed in some places on Main Street anymore. We're not going to have, you know, the visibility that we have now. Don't think, you know, our Constitution is expendable to those on the left. You discovered how fast they could shut down a church in the name of a virus. They can do the same in the name of hate speech, and they will. And in some parts of the world, they already are. So don't think it's not going to happen here. So how do we build quiet community yet still effectively share the gospel? How do we create places where people can come? Not large groups. I'm not talking 100 or 200. I'm not even talking 50. I'm talking groups of maybe 15 to 25 or 30. Little out-of-the-way retreat center. Maybe pull in your pop-up camper. Maybe stay in a little um, in a little cabin. Have a chapel and a meeting room. Place to be outside and pray and talk and encourage each other. Learn how to care for each other. I'll tell you what, God has just laid that on my mind. And, and, and I didn't understand how this would all come to be. Now, let me take a little quick side journey here. I mean, this will be a fast one. Way back when I was in elementary school, I had a good friend. You know, he and I were kind of the, I I was never the most popular kid in school. And he never felt that way too. And that's probably why we gravitated toward each other 
during our elementary school years. Then, of course, we moved away in my high school years to a small town about 300 miles away, but I came back about five years later for a year while I was in college to that same church and area. And he and I renewed our friendship. And then over the years, we went our separate ways. You know, that happens. I, he stayed in, in the north. I moved south. And, you know, this is before instant messengers and all the stuff we have today. But recently we reconnected. And I realized that over the years, he got into missionary work. His family owned campgrounds. And, and he and I started talking about this idea that I have. And he says, Bobby said, you're on to something. I talked to a few other friends of mine. They're going, Bob, you, you know, it's funny. I talked to a guy that's eh, maybe a little younger than I am, also in ministry. And, and I've known him for several years. And I've never shared this until I shared it with a third party who shared it with him that said, God laid this on my heart two years ago. And we're looking in the same place as you are. Is this what God wants? This radio program needs to grow. Might even try to include, I don't want to do it, maybe somebody else can, a video companion to this, other podcasts, other online programs while that door is open. I've got other theories on how to share material for for future times. And have these places where we can gather, worship, and pray, and restore and recharge ourselves. I'm really praying about this, and I'll talk about it maybe I'll talk about it this week. This program is on the air for one reason and one reason only. It's not to make me famous. It's not to make me rich. Remember, I'm an unpaid employee of this program. And I'm the only employee of this program. Period. I don't even have volunteers yet. I could use them in certain things. But we started this program on faith and with the help of a friend almost a year and a half, almost two years ago now, we started this program. And and it's grown and it's changed over time and I, I see it coming to another crossroad, a good thing. Not a bad one, a good thing actually. And I have other like-minded people that are just coming into my path, I mean a half a dozen right now in just recent weeks that understand what we're trying to do, and the other aspects of ministry that God has put laid upon my heart. Now, right now, the big thing is keeping on shore wave. And if you can help us do that, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. And mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248, that's number 3248, in Crestview, Florida. One word, Crestview, state is Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That zip code, again, is 32536. All that information is available at our website, truth2ponder.com. Now, tomorrow, I'm going to pick up on this. How do we recharge our batteries? How do we prepare How do we encourage and how do we get ready for the times that are truly on their way? This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth2ponder.com.
and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.